0: Hey, everyone, this is Jeff Stevens, and this is the Creative Stick Up. This is the final podcast of our panels for Addie's Week um, that we did last night at the Addie's Primer over at Bad Dog Studios. Thank them very much. Tara Nesbitt and I, my co-hosts, we interviewed the leaders. Um, we had a bunch of senior marketing people sit down and we grilled them a little bit on what it's like to run agencies um, today. Annie Castellano from ITC, she's the ECD over there. Stacy Goldman, who is uh, the chief strategist and principal over at Cannonball. Gus Hattrick, who's the president of Paradowski Creative, and Alan Meyerson, an ECD from uh, Group 360, who I'd never met and was fascinating. They make up the leaders panel, um, and Tara and I talk to them about all kinds of things. So enjoy this. And as a little shout-out, I'd like to thank Don Heger from Anecdote and all the crew over there. Uh, they put this together and did a terrific job. Um, and obviously, thanks to Bad Dog Studios. If you like this format, give us a little shout out the Addies Primer. I thought it worked well. Uh, everyone had a good time. So, anyway, enjoy the Leaders Panel. (laughs) We, we have saved the heavy hitters for the last the, in the cleanup spot. We have our leaders uh, tonight. Um, so obviously in an agency, and, I, and I'll be in anxious to hear what they have to say about the ever-shifting sands of new agency cultures and why agencies are even relevant anymore and how they have to keep them that way. But not to put, not to put the 60 minutes pressure on each of you right out of the gate, but I think that's why we wanted to talk about this last is um, these people are all accomplished People in their agencies there are going to introduce themselves. They lead, they have. They have. They uh, are under the gun every day, I guess, to produce and make sure that they're relevant for all their clients. So anyway, without further ado, let's go around. We'll just start with the lovely Annie Castellano. Please tell us about yourself.
1: Okay, I'm Annie Castellano. I'm the Executive Creative Director at ITC, which most people have never heard of. We have been around for 20 years. but um, who,
0: who has heard of ITC here?
1: Right. Raj-
0: You you guys are liars. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: No, that's good. That means we're doing something right. Then, all right. We do. We're uh, an experiential with a long history of production. So,
0: okay. Happy to be here. Thank you. Cool.
2: I'm Stacy Goldman, and I am one of the three principals from Cannonball, Mm -hmm. and. I've been doing this for more years than I probably, probably more years than some of your ages sitting in the audience. Um, so um, have been around um, for a while and um, was part of the larger, um, one of the IPG agencies yep. here in town. And 12 years ago, yep. um, we broke out and um, started. In got away. Got away. Yeah. Got away, got out. Got out. And Figured we could give it a try and Mm -hmm. seems to be working thus far. So um, I work as the COO of the agency, so the kind of like running the business side of the agency so that – we can have all the creative side and all the work happening. and um, But when I'm doing the, a job in the agency, because nobody can just run the agency, you have to actually work in the agency as well. So I head up the strategy group and the account management group at um, Cannonball as well. So. They throw that at you? Yes. That's so perfect. Yeah, exactly. So I'm also <laughs> glad to be here. And we'll right. Right I
0: know, I know your shit. partners well, and I can, I can see, I can see they're like, let her do all that stuff, because we just want to be creative. That's wonderful. That's good.
2: Yeah, it Keith, works.
0: Keith, yeah, that mm-hmm. works.
3: Hi, uh, Alan Meyerson. I get to maybe two days a week be senior vice president, executive creative director at Group 360. And then I think the other other days of the week are split between being a psychologist and maybe even a snowplow (laughs) to a certain degree, trying to clear the path for my people. Um, I am responsible for the creative product of the organization. We uh, recently just uh, started up a global entity, which is incredibly exciting. And uh, I'm also responsible for our experiential capabilities as well.
4: And uh, my name is Gus Hatrick. I am uh, president of Paradoski Creative. I want to thank the eight Paradoski employees who showed up in the back of the room. It was a very Parodosky. nice day so. um, Peridowski has been in St. Louis for uh, 39 years. Um, and in uh, 2012, we and underwent a leadership and ownership change. And uh, and so that is what has kept me very busy uh, in the past five years along with this group. All right.
5: Very good. Alan, I think you kind of hit on a little bit with your introduction of what you do, but kind of a question. Which part? <laughs> the psychology part, I guess. Yes. Uh, obviously, all you guys lead at agencies, um, and you have your role as... That specific to what you do, but how do you also nurture the talent that is underneath you? Like, how do you balance that? Let's start with Annie. Uh,
1: okay, so the question is, how do we balance doing the work and also nurturing the talent? Yeah. Um, well, I think the most important part of the job is to nurture the talent. So that always comes first for me before doing any, like getting rolling up my sleeves and like writing copy or. Uh, influencing a design or concept. But um, because I think it comes down to pretty simple math, and I'm not very good at math, but I think this works out. That if there's 20 people that are engaged and happy and understand where we're going and how they fit into the bigger picture, that a lot more good work can get created than if I just insist on doing it myself and ignore the people who really need um, the attention. So it's a pretty simple equation for me. And there are usually people that are a lot better at the creative than I am anyway. So works
5: everybody out. wins.
2: Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> cool. I think it's um, like at our place, it's about that team environment. And um, I think we talk a lot about, you know, how to nurture people and how, you know, does somebody have a mentor and how do you create that, that opportunity for people to learn and, I think we believe that the work is the best place to learn. So if we're all working on the business and we're working on the projects, then we're setting examples as senior folks and not just myself, Steve, and Mike. It's you know all the people that have been around for a while. And every day then becomes a learning and mentoring opportunity for everyone in the agency. I think if we stepped out and weren't there and weren't rolling up our sleeves on a daily basis, then there wouldn't be those examples to be made. And I think that that's how we've been able to to grow and some people say to us you know, you could ask any of the three of us and we know something about what's going on in every single piece of business in the agency and some people say well is that a limiting proposition and I think it's what keeps the quality of the work up and mm-hmm. it keeps everybody thinking about the fact well if they're doing the work then we feel good about doing the work as well and I think that that's what's helped us grow over time
3: yeah. uh, One of the earlier panelists spoke about the power of storytelling and how important storytelling is in our business and in our life. And so essentially what we've done is we've taken the idea of storytelling and brought and are trying to bring that to life within the context of our creative team. So if you think about any good story, the one quality you need to have is conflict. You need to have that tension. And so what we're trying to do is is tap into the idea of tension. So what I'm looking for in a team more than anything else is certainly talent is table stakes, but what I want is not experience, I want people who have experiences. I want young, old, rich, poor, privileged, not privileged, black, white, red, green. And I want that tension within the context of the team because I think it is about the work and it should always be about the work. And probably more important than anything else is the notion of people needing to know why they, why do I come to work? What, what is my role? And everyone's role is to make sure that their voice is heard and their experiences are heard so we can all work to make each other better, which is, in fact, our mantra, making the work and ourselves better. Because if we can do that, everything else sort of takes care of itself. So knowing your place, knowing that your place is equal to everyone else's place and that your voice matters is probably the most important thing to us.
4: I think um, I think for us, it's keeping it fresh. I mean, uh, Jeff, you and I grew up in a different agency uh, environment in that there were retainer clients. Mm-hmm. And junior people who came in that were creative or in any capacity were essentially sort of indentured to a piece of business mm-hmm. over a period of time. And it was incredibly limiting to what they could do creatively. And that was always the challenge of keeping it fresh, of keeping them focused in delivering on the retainer brand that they're working on and then at the same time fulfilling them creatively so they didn't feel like they were doing the same thing every day. I mean, I think it's different in in some regards. I mean, they're the the, the good old days of those retainer days are, in my opinion, over. But I, but I think that that allows people to have a lot of different experiences in a company. And I think that, you know, as Stacy said too, keeping it flat and having uh, the principals involved in the company working the business. And we, we like to compete against each other. So we like to have a lot of teams mixed up a lot on new business and current business and and letting junior people compete with senior people uh, and the company, for me, is a fun thing to watch and a nice sort of way to see them evolve.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because we had talked uh, about collaborative environments versus competitive environments. And uh, I was reading, you know, it, Saturday Night Live and Lauren Michaels has the ultimate both of those things, right? It is an incredibly competitive environment and incredibly collaborative all at the same time. And that's the way it is. it's obviously an incredibly successful creative endeavor. And so I think just trying to figure out how you purposefully build teams that can do that. And right. just, is that still how it is? Is that still how your Paradovsky works?
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I think that. Um uh, I think that at the end of the day beyond all the positioning and your statements of everything else what it comes down to is what you make you know mm-hmm. what are you making and, and are you proud of that are you excited by it are you excited about sharing that work with someone else and staying up late the night before with to get all that work done you know at the end of the day I just think it is about what you are producing and mm-hmm. um, if that excites you and that's that's something that, that your team is into, then I think there's no better growth opportunity than that because you're sort of learn you've forgotten about the learning, and you're more excited about what you're working on and how you're you're trying to grow that business.
0: Cool. Yeah, I was. I'm curious, Alan, when you talk about just the work, it's it's funny. Do you guys is there more judges of the work? Is there more? Uh, is it still a gut feel that we're going to present? Do you know what I'm saying? As leaders, is like oh this moves me and I know we're going with it, or is it a lot more I need to make sure this is of
3: more metricy and uh, it's been through testing and all that stuff I, I, do don't, I don't think that um, I don't think anything is worth a conversation if it's about gut and what you know uh, personal you know uh, feelings I may or may not have about a particular thought or yeah. an idea um, I think it's about insight I think it's about understanding what what is what is your work going to be based on? How are you going to sell it? How are you going to rationalize it? How are you going to get people to fall in love with, your, with what you're going to do before you even show it to them? Yeah. Because it all makes perfect sense. So when you get there, it's sort of like, yeah, slam dunk. So I, I, I just don't think there's a conversation worth having if it's about, yeah, this feels right to me. <laughs> it, it just doesn't work, particularly yeah. in this day and age. Yeah. i curious. Either of you?
1: Yeah, I don't really disagree. I mean, I wouldn't frame it up like gut versus yeah. hard metrics because I think there's probably somewhere in between there that is at least for us that that is that is right. Um, you know, we don't usually we don't do very much testing in terms of focus groups and things like that, copy testing or concept testing before it goes out. Even if we even if that was something that on the experiential side was really happening, I don't think you get very good. Uh, feedback that way. I think um, the best work is something that makes people a little uncomfortable, and it doesn't tend to test well. So w- it's much more about the, you know, as Alan said, how are you going to sell it? What's the passion, and mm-hmm. and the that you know that's what the clients want to see, and what we want to see.
0: Very good. All right. So uh, here's this is a funny question. How do agencies make money anymore? I mean, you know, because the big <laughs> retainers are gone. Everything's project by project. I mean, agencies are creating their own product, looking at doing things like that. They, I, I just, I, I'll start with you, Stacey, because you probably are closest to this and have seen from the time you left Momentum to the time now. There's probably been. Is it the same or is it tougher? I'm sure.
2: Well, I think it's. I think it's different. I wouldn't necessarily agree that um, retainer work is gone. Yeah, some of um, it's there. Yeah, there's still relationships to be sure. um, cultivated with clients that you know want those types of resources, mm-hmm. and and keeping those teams fresh to some of the things that um, you know when there's a group of people on a piece of business, that's you know that is their sole focus and it can become that kind of like you get too comfortable in it so yeah. there's that side of it yeah. um, I think the way you make money is the same as it's always been okay. which is you know the thoughtful allocation of people to what the projects need and then being being good you know counsel to your clients and not being order takers being having insights and having an opinion but also knowing you know that there's a point when you um, you can push only so far and then there's a point where you have to back off and sometimes you have to let the work, you know, be the telltale sign of did it work or if it didn't work, did it not work. And usually those things come around. So for us as an agency, you know, I don't think anything is a slam dunk anymore. There's a ton more testing and a ton more time Mm -hmm. that goes into that, especially on our bigger clients with bigger budgets because people, you know, they're putting a lot on the line. So, you know, gut isn't going to be the the sign of it, but having a good thought about how to move their business forward and always being a good counsel to them and being responsive to what they need is our opportunity always as an agency to get those retained relationships because they want that type of service from us. Yeah. And, um, and those relationships are the things that when not every idea is going to be the best idea. We can all be on our game and there's times when you're not on your game. And having those relationships and building that equity over time is what... That saves you for the time that it's not perfect for the 99 times that it's perfect. So, I mean, I think that that's the balance in our industry Um, and being responsive and being nimble and and changing our model, you know? It's like, what we started out doing 12 years ago from a business model perspective is completely different than where our focus is today and having to bring new people on with new talents, integrate, you know, digital Mm -hmm. front-end and back-end developers, different ways of thinking, Mm -hmm. how to get those folks to think creatively and want to be part of the process is, you know, is hard work to, you know, to be in the industry these days and and make it good and make it the best it can be. Because I don't want it to be technically awesome and creatively crappy. I want it to be awesome on both sides. Yeah. And I think that that takes a lot of hard work and I think we stub our toe all the time trying to, to make that work and make all those personalities match.
0: So And I was just going to ask you, because that, that, you've all gone through changes, you've just described yours, having gone from a Started off as Guys who did great television And still do great television But now you have to
2: Have all of this other stuff That you've had to okay, add Like television is Frankly, that's the, the freaking thing. easiest thing to do. I like, you know. Be,
0: which is funny, it is. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's like everybody thinks
2: that people will pay more for it yeah. is the easiest <laughs> thing to do. Everything else is a million it's times more difficult. Right. So, um, so yeah, we had to walk away from the, the easy money, you would say, and yeah. we still get to do it, but all the other stuff is much more difficult to, to have it meld and have it work and, and to do it on, you know, a quarter of the budget and still want it to have the quality of some of the other things. So that's like what that evolution is about.
0: So I'd love to hear, each of you, you're right in the middle of having to lead change, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I assume this has all happened in each of yours. So tell just tell us a little bit about that. You knew your change was coming, right? I mean, you knew.
1: Yeah. yeah. What What do you want to know about it? Is it going well? <laughs> How's it going, Annie? Mm. <laughs> um, you know, change is hard for people. It it is. We're in, um, so ITC. But, but you
0: leading this. You're, you're like, right? This yeah, yeah. Years.
1: So ITC started out as really an equipment rental and staging company great. and we've always our pivot points have always come really at the urging of our clients which is a great position to be in because it's not, it hasn't been driven by anything other than our clients saying we'd like for you guys to take on more we like working with you and we want you to take on more so I don't think you could ask for a better environment to um, you know to kind of push the changes through it doesn't make it easy on the people that work there and are comfortable. I mean, I just think it's human nature to like the way that things have always been. So when you're someone... I've been at ITC for 18 months, so to come in and and try to stir things up a little bit and push things forward, you know, not everybody likes that or likes you when you're the <laughs> one that represents that. Yeah. But, you know, over time, I think... I was just talking to Gus about this. They kind of get used to you and, <laughs> yeah, can, yeah. you, you know, it's like, oh, God... <laughs> She's here again. Every day she shows up here. Uh, So it is hard, but you earn people's trust over time. And I think, you know, my job is to show what we could be and show each person, literally every individual at the at the company, how they fit in and why they're important to it and why we need their influence and their input and how we're not gonna be able to do this without them and then there comes a point where the decisions have been made and the, the discussion is kind of closed and now we're moving forward yeah. and you know then you're, then it's a different kind of management that happens and, and pushing things and forward so that's kind of where we are now yeah. I think that might be the psychology yeah, slash <laughs> maybe that's a nice way of putting it right. or you know piece of it comes in but um, it's hard to argue when the clients are saying we'd like for you yeah. guys to be this for us now yeah. so we're in a pretty good position that that's
3: way right. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, what, I couldn't agree more. I think what happens is you are something to somebody and, and then you mm-hmm. come with a certain kind of baggage and you need to sort of change what that baggage looks like and feels like. And um, I've been with Group 364 going on seven years now. Mm-hmm. And anybody who knows Group 360, yeah. the history, the genesis of the organization, very executional yeah. in nature. started De- as, as the print
0: place. Absolutely. The print fulfillment, Absolutely. right? Absolutely
3: executional, salespeople, great salespeople who only knew how to say one thing, which is yes. (laughs) Right. And um, I was brought in to add a uh, strategic and creative component, and I feel like we're a quarter of the way there, although we've made some great, great strides for sure. But the thing that I've learned is it it really wasn't that difficult Mm -hmm. to change the minds of certain clients. What was really difficult, and I didn't expect, was to change the culture within the organization. Mm. To get people to understand what it was like and what it should be like to uh, think and feel like an agency. It's cool to say no. It's, it's mm. okay to say we don't agree. And here's our perspective. And to be a partner, not a servant. And that's what I think progressive clients are looking for, are partners to help them build their business, yeah. to help them in- increase shareholder value. And so... You know, this is an ongoing battle internally still yet today because um, we've been so successful. Knock on wood. Man, we've, we've really been lucky and we're blessed with some great, great people. But still internal internally, there are battles that we still fight today. It takes a lot of courage to tell a client no, right? Yeah. It takes a lot of courage to tell a client, I don't want to work with you. Getting back to your question about how do you make money. Sometimes it's... It's about knowing what not to work on yeah. and just walking away. That's really, really tough to do. Yeah. Um, but you need to do it if you're going to survive. Yeah,
4: That's interesting. Uh, we probably don't have enough time to kind of cover the four or five years, but uh, uh, just a lot has changed yeah. in the company. Um, and I think that was based on a core group of, of individuals. There were maybe 12 or 13 of us, 15 of us maybe, that started out in 2011, 2012, and said, we want to make a go of this, and this company has this great heritage and history behind yeah. it. How do we move forward? How do we modernize our offerings? How do we take this uh, to a place that we all like what we're doing and we enjoy the the work that we're getting to do? And, um, and so it was a, it's a huge challenge. Um, but I think that there were a couple of you know, pieces of luck just always that are in all these things. Okay. And then there were some some great hires and okay. uh, some people that believed in the mission. You know, that, that that's, can't be understated enough, is it? I think as a person that's coming into an agency, um, I think you can spend a period of time there kind of getting to know it and seeing if you like it. But I also think that at some point you have to say, I either believe in the company or I don't. Um, and there's nothing wrong with with not believing in it, um, but I, I just think that otherwise, I have friends, I have folks that I've known for a long time that that creeps up on you, and all of a sudden you're you're the guy who complained a ton about the company, but you didn't get out when you needed to get out and go do what you needed to do. Um, and so I think that um, I think that it's finding those people, getting lucky enough to find those people who you can sit down with and. They agree with the mission of what you want to go do, and um, they're in it, and, you know, they put everything they've got towards it. And so for us, that's it, you know, and um, we – we, we were small, we're still not that big of a company, um, but I think growing rapidly. Yeah, there's like 47 of us now, and there were like 12 of us right. and, or 15 of us so in 2011. So, but I think the way that we do it is we bring everybody together in January and we tell them how much it costs to run the business. You know That's how you yeah. make money. Yeah. You say, "Hey, this is our total loaded cost. Mm-hmm. This is what it is, and this is what we need to make. Uh, for the year this is what we really want to make for the year and this is if we do this we're all going to go to Puerto rico you know so (laughs) but we at least have a very transparent discussion and say these are our goals we have creative goals we have goals for every part of our business Um, and then we also have financial goals and everybody knows those
0: that's good so everyone immediately has is involved in this. Thing. Yeah, and some
4: people hate that. Do they? Some people say, they? as a creative, I don't want to know this. Yeah. Uh, other people love it. But yeah. what it, what I think it does is, when you have a big RFP and you win it, there's no way to match the elation that yeah. people have from winning it because they're totally invested in what you're doing, yeah. and there's no way to match the disappointment <laughs> when you don't win it. Right. And they and That's and it, it's. Uh, it's a great way to feel and a great way to go to work every day. Because yeah. uh, otherwise, it's a it becomes a bit of a shell game. Yeah.
0: Well, it's funny. The wins, the wins are the great, and I think the losses are incredibly bonding experiences. Uh, yeah. you remember those? Absolutely. And you learn more from those, and you were bonded. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so, uh, when you guys are looking for people, employees, what what are, are the number? Who are you? What are you looking for? What are the number one characteristics that you like? In for eight, us right
1: places. now, we're looking for cultural fit, and it's especially important because we're we are. In the midst of this change, and yeah. it's so tenuous. I mean, the from day to day, you know, you can feel it. Are we are we are we moving in the right direction? or Are we sliding backwards? <clears throat> and you know, I mean, there's going to be some people that don't believe. And until those people escort themselves out, or you know, you help them realize that it's time to go, like you really have to make sure that the people that you're bringing in, yeah. it becomes a, a tipping point situation yeah. where. You know, we're trying to get more and more people that believe and that understand where we're going so that we can kind of get that that momentum. Talent. Talent. Talent is second. Okay. Cultural Culture fit, fit, number one. And, and the right people, that's number one.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Stacey, what do you look for? I'd say um, self starters. Oh. You know, in terms yeah. of the. The type of person that does the best in our organization, so um, people that that want to take it on, that want to learn that you know want to get their hands dirty that like there's we don't have a, we don't have an awesome roadmap. I mean we have a map. I mean like we know where the doors are and all those kinds of things. But like there there. Do you guys have an
0: onboarding program? Like when does someone take your app Of
2: course we have an HR okay. person. She okay. does an awesome job. You need you find out about your insurance and all those types of things. But yeah. and you become part of a team. Sure. But I'm like a it's, little more
0: laid back going. It.
2: It's yeah like we're not. I
0: say this because I, I know we're I know not overly really process
2: driven. Yeah. But our teams know how to get the work done, and so yeah. we need self starters that want to come and be part of a team and learn as you go and so if you're the type of person that wants to come in and somebody needs to show you your road map of your career path and in three years you're going to be here in five years you're going to be here I'm here to tell you like we don't... You should be an accountant <laughs> we don't, I don't, I don't have that map and I'm not quite sure a lot of other people have it so we look for people that have that excitement in them and want to try something new and, and get a thrill out of that idea of like oh my god I just ran that meeting and you know I'm half the age of the person that i I'm giving this information to Mm -hmm. and they are like hanging on every word because in a lot of things that we're doing now it's the people that are half their age, yes. that are going to know the right answers and have the right instincts for what needs to be done. So I want those folks that want to take that on and are willing to get up in front of the room and be able to take that forward because yeah. that's what pushes us forward. Frankly, they don't want to see me. Like, I don't know what's <laughs> hip and cool. I mean, once yeah. people tell me what's hip and cool, now I know what to look for. But, but I need no this. longer
3: hip and cool. <laughs> well, <now it's laughs>
2: You know, so I need them to, like, lead me into those that information because as time changes, like, you know, there's a lot of things that I do know that I can help people yeah. understand, but there's a lot of things that young people can bring to the table, and they shouldn't be afraid to to want to be able to offer that up as we go forward. And that's what keeps our organization fresh, and I think that that's really important, too. It's like we're not here to tell you what to do. We're here to have you guys help us know what to do next as well.
3: You know, as I said earlier, I feel like talent is table stakes. So I think Mm -hmm. the question really becomes, Mm -hmm. how do you distinguish between one talented person and another talented person in terms of bringing them on board? And uh, what I sort of uh, gravitate to is a conversation. Um, For example, uh, people will come into my office. They'll open up their portfolio or get their iPad out, and I just tell them to put it away. And I'm asking them to tell me about the work. Tell me why you did what you did. Yeah. Tell me how it solved the problem. What was the problem? And it's really interesting and amazing how, how many people just are just crushed. Because they have nothing (laughs) to point to. They have nothing to point to, nothing to read. And it just shows that they just don't have it in their soul in terms of what they've done. Where others can absolutely articulate what the client's challenge was, Mm -hmm. what the the business was all about, Mm -hmm. the problems that they solved and how they solved it, why their work did that. So it's the conversation for me that shows me whether or not people are truly understanding of why we get paid money as creative people and Mm -hmm. that's to solve business challenges. Mm -hmm. It's not to win awards. It's not to create something beautiful. It's not to write something beautiful. Although we hope we do that. It's to solve a business challenge. That's why they pay us money and hopefully we do that and they give us another challenge to solve. It's funny. I think, how how much do creatives need to know
0: the business side of the thing? Or how much, it's almost like business problems now need creative solutions and I think creative people are very good at coming, leading a way yeah. for it to come up with creative solutions. But you mentioned it's, you know, I don't want to know the money part of this
3: thing, and yet a lot of that I is... I think you have to. I yeah. think I think right now to be competitive, I think it is incredibly important for you as a creative person to earn a seat at the table, to be able to sit down with a brand manager yeah. or whomever and be able to discuss and understand what their issues are. Um, that is what distinguishes you. That what, That is, in fact, what makes you different than... Anyone else? Hopefully, another um, a competitive agency. Can you can you understand it and then you know reinterpret it into a solution? Yeah. I think those are very important qualities. I think that um,
4: I always am interested in uh, people's side projects, yeah. and so um, I think that's usually a great barometer of their long term trajectory because. You can see somebody who comes in with just an amazing book, or is comes from a great school, and they're going to be a great account person. They're super revved up, but like I think that we had a we had a guy um, who had a website, and he essentially chronicled all of these old signs in Missouri, like hand painted signs, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, it was a beautiful website, and I love that he did that, and I love that that was important to him, and that he was into that. And for me, it indicates that you're you're well read, you're interested in you know growing. Um, I, I think that's really important. And the other thing is, I got to give Brad how credit for this in our company, but uh, human be- I think the the desire to understand human behavior is pretty critical. Like I think we see people sometimes, and they come in and they have great work. But they don't really have that empathy gene of understanding how does this work get sold in? What, how, does, how does what I create persuade someone to do something else? And so I think everybody kind of needs a little bit of that, uh, that uh, caring about human behavior and understanding um, the value of that in all parts of the relationship. Client relationship, consumer relationship, co-worker relationships.
5: Going back to what you said, Gus, about transparency, I'd be curious to hear from the you three on the couch about how you approach and foster transparency within your shops. Like, how do you handle that with employees and also with clients?
1: In terms of like the agency finances and what finances
5: are finances or finances and like you know with changes, like you know you're mm-hmm. going through changes right now. Mm-hmm. Like, how transparent are you with um, your employees?
1: I think it's a it's. Right now, for us, it's a matter of personal style, and some people are more comfortable. Like I just, I don't know how anybody could trust me if I didn't just tell them, you know. I mean, tactfully, but here's what I know, you know. I mean, and I want, I here's why I want you to help me, or what I need you to do, or if there isn't that degree of of honesty. I don't I don't know, I kinda don't see the point. But there are but not everybody's like that. And there's still some old school kind of people that are like that is inappropriate to talk about. We will not they will not know what and it's like I ain't, I don't have a very good filter for what's appropriate and what isn't.
2: <laughs>
1: so I don't know.
2: That's why I'm not an accountant. <laughs> I have found that um, the truth and honesty, you know, is the best way to always present our, like, position in the agency. And um, we could probably do it more often than we do, but we do – we don't go as far as putting the the budget out, but I'm thinking, like, that might be an interesting (laughs) – That might be an interesting slide to throw up in a conversation to have, but um, being honest about what it takes and, um, you know, if we've had a loss and maybe we're carrying a you know, extra folks in the, the agency. Um, being independent, we have that kind of um, ability to make those decisions and put that out to the agency to say, hey, we're maybe going to wait on raises for three months because we've got some things going on and we think that we can run through this and we want to be able to hold on to everyone's jobs because in 12 years we've never had layoffs. So, like, trying to keep that mentality alive in the agency and have everybody, you know, look at it for the good of the, the whole now on the other side of that and you, you have to be careful because you want to make sure that everybody's pulling their weight and all of our talent are doing what they need to be doing organizationally so when you're putting those things forward we just have to make sure that we've, we've created a an environment where everybody feels like everybody deserves that opportunity because as soon as we put that out to folks and have that conversation that gives everybody the opportunity to judge that um, as well so I think that the, that's the slippery slope that you end up on because at points in time there's decisions that we're going to make and you know some people are not going to be happy about them and some people are going to be happy about them but I think that we try to be honest with everyone and I think that it creates a culture within the agency where everybody treats the agency as their agency and the the Mm -hmm. money they spend as their money because they know if it's not there then the profit sharing is not going to be as good and the opportunity for bonuses are not as good as they would be and everybody thinks about that and I think is very conscious of it and I think that that's been a really positive thing that in a smaller, you know, mid-sized independent agency that we've been able to foster that. And that's something that's harder when you're a publicly traded company because you don't have some of those abilities to affect those things because those things are decisions that you're not going to be able to make. And um, so I feel very fortunate that we've been able to do that, and I think everybody appreciates that from a culture perspective too. Cool.
3: I think for me, um, there's a huge difference between transparency and truth. And I am—I agree. I'm a—I'm a a big believer of truth. And the reason why I say that is because, to me, transparency seems like it's a very proactive effort. Transparency, and I'm not sure everyone is mature enough to understand what is or what could be transparent. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people don't want to deal or understand with finances for example nor necessarily should they and so um, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't be truthful Mm -hmm. and I think as a creative team as a creative director you deal in the truth you need to be able to see the truth always the truth in what's happening in the marketplace the truth with what's happening with a brand and you need to acknowledge it and see it and um, I think if you are going to be good at what you do as a creative person with truth, you also have to live it. And so um, our culture is 100% about truth. Not necessarily always transparency, to be honest, um, but it is about truth. We'll answer any question. Man, if you want to know, we'll tell you. Um, just got to ask. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean you need to uh, broadcast everything, simply because I do think certain things require a certain level of, tr- of maturity, which a-, a lot of people just don't have. Yeah,
0: fair yeah.
5: Gus, you mentioned uh, asking new hires like what their side projects are. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you retain like employees? Like, what are some proactive ways that you're going about keeping employees engaged in the culture and with
4: the company? Well, I feel like this is becoming like a, a condemnation of publicly traded agencies, and I don't mean <laughs> that at all. Mm-hmm. But I think that. Um, I think that the, an independent company has the ability to take on projects that might not necessarily meet the financial criteria to be considered an important client or a big uh, revenue generator, but it <laughs> allows a sense of creative freedom and fulfillment that you might not get on another piece of business. And so I think we have a lot of that. I think we try to find clients and opportunities that people are passionate about and care about. We've done everything from... Um, a, a, a cat shelter uh, to um, a, a just a variety of very strange and different little pieces of work yeah. but it the the common denominator was that it 's what people in the agency cared about, and they were willing to take that on and be responsible for trying to make that successful and I think that uh, you know there, that's that 's a critical way of of Keeping people pretty engaged and with the with the organization, you know. The other thing is, is that you know, and I um, I was lucky enough to grow up around a lot of smart guys in this business, and um, you know, it's okay for people to leave. I, I think that's that's a, a a thing that is important that everyone understands. I mean, I think that when you kind of look at our industry in general, if people didn't leave, we wouldn't have Cannonball, right? If they didn't leave, we wouldn't have great organizations. And so I think that sometimes, look, I, I there are people that I love that I wish I could hold on to forever. I know that may not be the case, yeah. but that's all right. I, I think that's kind of, we all come into this with our eyes wide open. And that's that's part of the deal when when you hire talented people. Yeah. And so that's... It's,
0: I think it's a, it's a big leadership deal. To, and you say this all the time because you see these people and you know their opportunity is sure. over here. and. You just need to go do that. Right. And it's tough though. You don't want to lose them, but right. that's a good that's a good leader. Yeah. It's interesting.
5: What about you, Alan?
3: Um you know, I think that the there is so much pain and suffering in our business, particularly as a creative person. <laughs> there are so many things that we want to accomplish and we want to do, and it just never happens. I mean, let's just call call it for what it is. So I think there's, for us, there's this thing called, or for me anyway, that I try to provide, which is creative satisfaction. And it's the metaphorical, I want to be able to hang something on the refrigerator once in a while so my mom or my family can see it. That I can be proud of, that I can feel good about. And that could be a variety of different things. It just doesn't matter. So being a privately owned organization, we try to do the same sort of thing. Uh, we fight like hell with clients, you know, for all the right reasons um, to do everything we can to pave the way to try and and give our people that creative satisfaction so they can put up with the pain and suffering. But I got that. Mm-hmm. And then I'll put up with a little bit more pain and suffering because I know somewhere along the line I'm going to get that. And and that's what we try and do. But, yeah, you're right, Jeff. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, certain people are destined to leave at some point, yeah. and quite frankly, um, you can be sad about it, which oftentimes I am. But you can also be pretty proud of it yeah. as well, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely.
0: So we're, we are. Have one more. I was going to open this up. Does anyone have any questions? Like, they're sitting there thinking, I'd love to ask these people this question, and I'm going to ask it. Right, Holly. My no
1: question. My question for you is about talent. So, in the cyclist market. I think we have really robust agencies and good talent, but sometimes you want to get outside of just the market. So maybe you don't, but do you look at that? And how much of your talent do you do you pull from, say, Missouri or outside of Missouri? And what are you looking for? Uh, we almost once you get to a certain level, almost all of our new hires have been from outside of. St. Louis. And it's not because the talent isn't here. It's just, um, you know, I hate to keep going back to this, like, cultural piece of it, but we really need change. And for that to happen, we need to have people that don't have any kind of a history. It's a small town. I mean, there's a lot of people that have been, that have worked with other people that have worked with other people where we are. And we just really need some fresh perspectives and, and, and mindsets that are untainted by, The past, Um, so we've been really. I mean, other than the the, sort of the younger, low um, entry level kind of jobs have been um, a lot of St. Louis, and we really want to give opportunities where we can to people in St. Louis. But once it kind of gets to a certain level, yeah, it's been mostly out of town.
3: Curious. For us, I can say that um, you know we've we've definitely recruited out of state for lower level positions a lot. And we've had a lot of success with that. The difficulty comes when you get to people who are a little bit more experienced, who may be married, who may have children. Now you're getting into this whole other world of moving people. Perhaps a spouse has a job. Kids may be in school. And it becomes incredibly expensive, and it becomes a big deal for both parties. So now you get into a situation of, is this the right person? And it just adds this other layer of... Let's just call it complication and concern to make sure that you're making the right decision, both from a financial perspective as well as for the candidate. What a horrible feeling I know I would have if I moved somebody out and I just made a mistake. I mean, I made the mistake. These aren't the right, this isn't the right person. So it, it becomes incredibly difficult when you get to those levels where there's families involved. Younger people, man, they'll just go, they'll just move, they're ready to rock and roll. Um, so, Sounds yeah. True.
4: I think ours is all over. I think we with the ability to work remotely. We now have people in Portland, Pittsburgh, Kansas city. Um, they're full-time employees. They work with our teams and, um, it, that it, it's, you know, I think when you, I think we've all had people where we know how talented they are. We want to keep them within the organization and you find amazed ways to make it work. And that started with a guy going to Portland and, um, it's, it was a test pilot for us and it worked really well and we kept doing it and now we've got quite a few people in different cities in it and it works well for us That's cool All right I got one last question if, if you had
0: a piece of wisdom you could go back and tell your five years ago tell yourself or starting an agency maybe is there any anything that you'd tell tell yourself or tell these people about this crazy business a little piece of a little nugget of wisdom you, does anyone know this answer Alan? anything
3: is there an answer i'm supposed to have i don't know i don't know no there is no there is no right i can tell you i'm i mean for me i i actually was asked this question by a candidate and it's the best question i was ever asked um she actually interviewed me and she said look whether or not i get this job can you please tell me something that i can take away so i don't make the same mistake you did I, I just thought that was awesome. Um, I, thought, I just thought it was fantastic. So, Perfect. I'm an art director. Yeah. I'm an art director. And um, I lived a, a large part of my career just focused on making things beautiful, not caring too much about words, not caring too much about business, all the things I talked about earlier. Yeah. And all of a sudden I realized that their words are important and there's, <laughs> there's, great, Someone, there's great beauty yeah. in the right words. And um, I think I've become a good enough writer to know I'm not a good writer. But (laughs) it's certainly a journey for me. And so my suggestion would be, if you're an art director, start spending time writing. If you're a writer, then start art directing. So you can be a creative director. That's beautiful. That's nice.
4: I think mine is... um, my dad worked in an agency called Hanley Partnership in the 1980s. Ah. And he worked with uh, Mark Shapiro yeah. and John Kittner and yeah. Jack Thurwigan and a variety of guys. Yeah. And so um, I kind of got – I was in Eric Toki's uh, yeah. Mary uh, as well. And so I kind of was raised with those guys. And uh, my dad passed away uh, about 10 years ago. And at his funeral um, – uh And in his wake the night before, there was a tremendous outpouring of all of these kind of who's who Mm -hmm. of great creative personalities in St. Louis. And what I tell people that I work with now is nobody said, hey, do you remember when you and I worked on that amazing annual report? They don't have those stories 20 years later, right? (laughs) They don't remember the terrible client relationship, but they're left with the human relationship of what they had. And uh, I think that's incredibly important to me, and I think that it should be to everybody else. There's a a guy in St. Louis, Elliot Frick, who often talks about being human and the importance of – just being a human and yeah. I would say that's advice that I needed to take. I, I think yeah. that um, if I could do it over again five years ago, just the fact of being human and, and being nice to everyone that you're dealing with and understanding that you, you will totally forget the awesome work that you've done but you will completely remember the relationships that you've formed over your career.
2: I think it's also about like finding your passion and deciding what's right for you. So, you know, any of us can do anything. And, like, you know, when we started Cannonball 12 years ago, like, failure was not an option. That was always the joke about it. It's like, well, what if this doesn't work? And we're like, no, it's got to work. Yeah. Like, there are no other options. So, um but it does take a lot of hard work and I think that it's not about like where you want to be it really is in life about thinking about what you're willing to give up and how much you're willing to put in to get to where you want to be and what you're doing because um, you just can't sit and wait for it to come to you like you got to be willing to go out and and look for it and and kind of grab it and say that you want it and believe me if you do I think that that's the aspect of like we'll let you like you know it's there for everyone and if you put set your mind to it you can make those things happen but um, don't be afraid of that don't sit back and wait for somebody to give you the invitation you know raise your hand and step up to it because um, that's what we're looking for I mm-hmm. think that's the hardest thing running an agency now it's like you know we've been doing it for 12 years and you know it's like who's going to do it like when we're done and it's like you know you're. I'm constantly looking around the agency uh, like anybody person? got their hand up like that's who right. wants who wants the reins but that's what we're looking for and so I think that those opportunities are out there for folks and and don't be afraid of them. I'd probably tell myself to
1: chill out a little bit. Okay. Um, so. Like, on the creative side, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple things. I mean, first of all, you can just keep working and working and working, and there's there comes a point where you're just the, 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 the point of diminishing return sets in, and it starts to take a toll on other parts of your life. And I think it's important to recognize when that's happening, and not to let that happen because it's recognize like we're no longer improving or increasing the value of the work. Also, that there really in this business there isn't one right answer, and it's hard to um, it's hard to accept that on the creative mm-hmm. side because mm-hmm. I really want there to just be like no, no, this is the one and only right answer. <laughs> and uh, so and you much need to of be it be an accountant. I know. Yeah. You sound like my... You're the only one there, in my life that's ever, is, ever right told me that. 49. I 49. <laughs> but they, um, you know...
4: That's Hold it. on.
1: That's my... Let me, let me turn that off. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um,
4: that's my family. I'm not going to answer Yeah, again. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: shit. Well, that's right. Um,
3: <laughs>
1: the... So much of what work... <laughs> Goes and what doesn't yeah. comes down to the relationship that you have with the client yeah. and it's kind of hard as a creative to give that much credit to the relationship side yeah. but it really yeah. is true I mean yeah. you can sell so the right person can really with the right relationship sell just about anything through very and so many of the right ideas don't get through because you don't have the right kind of relationship yeah. so um, I relationship think it's just yeah. important to know that
0: alright cool you guys sit there Terry, you should go sit over there. You come take a picture. I'm going to jump in there. And this will be our last little shadow of the night. How fun. All right. Everybody give these What's guys weird? a round of applause. Come on,
5: so